We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome into a surprise yo, yo. weekend episode of No Other Pod. He's Dan, I'm Jimmy. And uh, yeah, this is not a Wednesday. But you know what? MLS is back isn't a normal MLS regular season. So we're here to talk to you about what's going on on a weekend. Because we're crazy like that. <laughs> we did have a couple of people after the game, uh, after we Sporting KC beat RSL, they were like, you going you gonna to do a, a, a weekend pod? And, and I think... We tweeted once. We were like, thinking about it. We'll see. But uh, yeah. I don't think people know that this is coming out. So No, but our, our only two listeners will be totes excited. <laughs> we have more than two. Okay, all right. Um, but if, if we don't, thanks for listening. <laughs> we, we, do, we do pretty well. I'm not going to get into the numbers, but, you know, we, we, we've built something here that, that I am proud of. So, it's a good deal. It's yeah. a good deal. And it's a Friday, and we're still in this crap show of a tournament which is starting to become the best competition in the history of soccer don't at me because <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're winning this thing is crazy cool there has been some wild game there have been some really boring games but there have been some wild games that have happened in this tournament and i think that's kind of what people expected was it was either going to be really terrible or really entertaining and nobody really expected it to be really high quality but you know what that's uh that also can just be said for Major League Soccer in general. Really terrible well, or really entertaining and probably not high quality. After, after <laughs> last night, how about uh, Houston Dynamo's forward Christian Ramirez sending out a tweet that says, set in my room for 10 days for that PK call to be the deciding factor? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I wouldn't want to say you're salty, but maybe you should have put the game away and not relied on the referee to make the game. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. How about you just win? Yeah. Just win and don't be a bitch. Yeah. Now, of course, Superman himself was not playing because his wife just had a baby, so he was not uh, with the team. But his teammates did oh. not do enough on the field to go ahead and win. And so, you know what? It sucks, but, you know, welcome to MLS. Referees sometimes make bad calls. What does he mean he sat in his room for 10 days then? Was he not in Orlando? I, I think he, he left the bubble to go be with his wife. He probably was in Orlando for 10 days before he left. But oh, he hasn't okay. been in Orlando since then. So. He didn't play in the tournament at all? No, his wife gave birth before their first game. Oh, so, so, so what's he, his deal? Yeah, you sat in the room, whatever, man. You couldn't change the outcome? 
yeah. Superman my ass. Superman is is not vulnerable like the Houston Dynamo. So <laughs> find a new team, bro. Um, so we're obviously going to talk about the RSL game here. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Vancouver game coming up uh, Sunday at 10 p.m. And we'll talk a little oh. bit about – yeah, Dan's not a fan of the 10 p.m. games. Bro. I am – I am hyped because I would much rather have a 10 p.m. game than an 8 a.m. game. What do you mean, uh, though? You're up for the 8 a.m. game because you have a job. And, and for a 10 p.m. game, you have to go to bed to get up for your job. I don't go to bed till you know, midnight or so anyway, so I'm going to be up. What time do you wake up for work? Uh, well, right now, since my work is about 10 feet from my bed, uh, I can get up at like 8 or 8.30 and still oh be my <laughs> on time. I've um, already been up for three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, you're all you're getting up at like four a.m. on a Saturday to do a workout. That's crazy. That's just because I can't sleep because I watch a scary movie. Yeah. But <laughs> or or oh my god, or a true crime documentary on HBO. Those have been keeping me up like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I am up at eight a.m. on a Wednesday anyway. But like, I'm not in like a fully awake like pumped to watch a soccer game, be able to like drink a beer and enjoy the environment mindset. So you get on a conference call with your work and you're like, <laughs> three beers. <laughs> um, I have been at a pub to watch EPL games and Everton game at six in the morning and had a beer. Those so are rough. I've yeah, that's that. a little rough. But, but that's also a thing where it's like, you're making an event out of it. You're like, my brother and I, we get on our jerseys, we go to like the Everton bar and we order a, a full English breakfast and I get, you know, a, 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 some sort of, english lager and we're and we're surrounded by other crazy soccer fans and like you know in a pre-covid era or sad soccer fans or sad because it's everton so probably sad <laughs> soccer fans so um you know that's fun but like i'm not about to be like sitting in my own apartment at 8 a.m drinking a beer watching a game on a wednesday no i feel you <laughs> T- 10 so. o'clock is gonna be rough though i've already been trying to plan out my sunday nap I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. I will not fall asleep during this. Yeah. No, I'm, I, well, I've also trained myself because as many of our fans know, I am from LA. So I'm a USC Trojans fan. And so I will often, uh, I watch every single USC football game. And given they play on the West Coast, many a time their kickoffs are 7.30 Pacific time, which means it's 9.30 Central time and they're college football games. So they're like 74 hours long. So I will be up until like three in the morning watching a football game. That's uh, rough, dude. I can't even imagine. Uh, you almost wish you were a, a fan of like a, an East Coast team. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Started earlier and stuff. Yeah. That's well, it was always great watching sports in the West Coast because like NFL, like NFL here, like the first games are at noon, second games are at three, Monday night football is yeah. at like seven. And then by the time you're that's watching done, football you're at dead. 10. So West Coast, it's 10 a.m., 1, uh, 1 p.m., and then 5 p.m. is Monday Night Football. So Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, they're done by like 8, 8.30, and you still got a bunch of night left to enjoy. That's pretty so. nice. Now, now we know as, as Sporting KC fans, we know that we do get the late games whenever we go to play L.A., Vancouver, yeah. Seattle, you know, Portland. But uh, good God, they've never started at 10. I think 9.30 is like the latest we've ever been accustomed to, even when we were playing like in Mexico for, yeah. for Champions League. So this is, this is different. And I don't it's know different. how the players feel about this because it's 11 o'clock their time. Right. So what the fuck, dude? They're going to have – sorry. Excuse my language. I don't care. I'm not sorry. <laughs> they're going to have their protein shake like 1.30 in the morning, like their recovery. It, it is uh, – that is, that is going to be weird because 
given, even though that I'm going to enjoy the viewing experience more late at night because I'm going to be able to like kind of enjoy it a little bit more. I can't imagine it's fun for the players. And Tim, Tim mentioned this when he was on with us before uh, yeah. where, you know, even if 8 a.m. isn't like the ideal start time for a lot of players, there's something I would imagine that's strange about just sitting around literally all day until around when you're normally going to go to sleep. And then at that time being like, okay, now it's time to play a game. Yeah. I think he so. really liked uh, getting the game out of the way on Wednesday and yeah. having the rest of the day to like be in the pool, talk with family, go out to eat. Yeah. Um, but now, Oh my God, dude, they'll probably take two naps on Sunday. I, bet I wouldn't they be do. surprised. I, I I'm really curious. I mean, I don't know what their regular game day schedule is like i think tim said it's usually what five hours four hours before four or five hours before where they have like, like four team, or five hours team call time team meal um a little pasta primavera you know <laughs> so i'm just curious how peter especially maybe for some of these young guys who who aren't as used to like maybe having like the well they don't really have autonomy and freedom in orlando i guess because they're in the bubble but just like how he'll advise them to handle their morning and their day leading up to an 11 p.m. game, just because it's such an unusual circumstance. Yeah, so. man, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. Um, I, I, you know, people leading into this tournament, everyone was saying like these 8 a.m. Uh, these 8 a.m. games are really lacking fire and pace and excitement. And they said Sporting KC was like the first 8 a.m. game that really had any kind of uh, pizzazz and energy to it. Yeah, I wonder if that's gonna change. For this 10 p.m. game maybe and now tim did kind of say part of the reason that that might have happened is because sporting's been training very early in the morning i don't yeah. know if that was by design i don't think tim knew if that was by design from peter or if that was just like an added benefit yeah. of like picking the morning spot because they didn't want to be in the heat of the day anyway uh yeah i wonder if they gave peter first rain or something that'd be that's kind of weird i don't know now i mean all the reports leading up to this were Peter and SKC were working very closely with the league to sort of help develop some of these protocols because SKC was sort of on the forefront of like determining the best and healthiest way for players to return. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that sort of had an impact on letting Peter choose when they were going to practice or not. I don't know. That's total speculation. But given the way MLS works, I also wouldn't be surprised if there was a little under the table side deal going on like that. <laughs> but uh, well, I can't imagine what they're going to do all day. Just rest their legs, some light stretching, you know, uh, go for a walk or something. Cause hell you got 14 hours from like when you wake up to, to when you play. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this RSL game here. We'll talk about uh, Vancouver. Uh, and there's also some uh, kind of breaking news at about the time we're recording this, uh, Atlanta United has parted ways with their head coach, Frank DeBoer. So we'll talk about that a little bit here at the end of the episode as well. Because uh, Big time. Atlanta United has, has not had a, a year that their fans have grown accustomed to in their first three years of existence. Well, like you said, I mean, I was like, uh, you know, wow, they're really taking this tournament seriously to fire their coach. And you said, well, I don't think it was a great hire in the first place, you know? Right. I think that's uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that more later. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons that Atlanta are struggling, and you know what? I don't feel bad for yeah. any of them. I'm real. I'm real choked up about it. I feel I feel for them real bad. <laughs> I'm not smiling at all. No, no, never. Uh, 
but I don't know. I crazy things are happening right now in MLS. So let's uh, let's jump into this RSL game here. Uh, 8 a.m. We had a little bit of a lineup change up. Uh, we we that was different. Yeah, we we kind of wondered maybe if there might be a little bit of rotation. I don't think we thought there would be rotation at the center back position. And if there was, I don't think we thought it would be the captain, Matt Beasler, who was the one that was rotated out. Yeah, uh, that was weird, man. Putting in, uh, uh, putting in Graham Smith for Beasler. I, I was, I was a little shocked about that, but I was more shocked that that captain's armband did not go to Roger Espinoza. It did not go to Graham Zussi. It went to Alan Polito. And I was like, Whoa, Peter's like, this is, you're the captain. You're the captain now. You know, that's, that's what he, yeah. Was saying. And and I'm like, dude, normally that goes to Graham or Roger like instantly because they're like the next tenured guys there, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's big time. Um, yeah. That shows the or maybe respect. put it on Tim. Your, your goalkeeper can be your captain. Yeah, Luis Robles was often the captain for uh, New York Red Bulls. Now, sometimes there's reasons why they don't want it to be the, yeah. the keeper because he can't come out and speak to the ref as yes, much. The ref wants to talk to the captain. Normally. Right. But I mean – it shows the respect that one Peter has for Alan Polito and it, yeah. but also that the rest of the team has for Alan Polito because he, Peter's not giving Alan the, the, the armband if the rest of the team isn't on board with that. Bro, Polito's going to break out in this tournament, by the way. Like he, we've yet to see what he can do. Yes, he's set up goals. He's assisting like crazy, but he's going to start scoring too. And we can make a really deep run if he does. Yeah. Um, but... RSL game. We're a little worried about it because these games are a little chippy, a little chippy sometimes. Yeah. And it and got there, bro. I don't <laughs> know if you saw before every, at the end of every play, our guys were getting little, little pushes in the back yeah. every time. I'm like, is no one seeing this? I mean, yeah, that's, that's typical SKC RSL. Anytime, you know, Kyle Beckerman's in there. I mean, they, they don't have all of the same people who were there in, in the past that, you know, were, were, you know, little chippy players, but, but still, there's that history that's there between SKC and RSL, and I think that will stay there at least until Beckerman's gone because he's always sort of the impetus of a lot of it. Um, but, I mean, Roger has a lot of history with, with RSL. Obviously, Graham and, and Beasler do as well. So, you know, this is sort of like a, as, as close to um, a, a naturally evolved rivalry that SKC could probably have in MLS uh, because it's not like – you know, we have uh, really any other close geographic rival. It's not like, you know, the two LA teams or Portland and Seattle or, or whatever. So right. um, RSL for many SKC fans is the most hated team. Uh, but this game probably could not have started any better for Sporting KC, who went into it knowing that if they get a win or a draw, they move on to the knockout round. They didn't yet know if they would win the group or what, but they knew get a result and move on. So uh, about 40 seconds in, Gianluca Buzio sends a ball in off of a corner kick. It bounces around the box for a little bit. RSL can't clear it. Johnny finds himself right foot off the volley just outside of the penalty spot, sends it into the bottom right corner of the net, 51 seconds in, 1-0 Sporting Casey. So crazy. I was not prepared for that. I, I had just finished running outside and I was like, all right. Still still got wet hair. So kind of tired here. Oh, my God. We're yeah. winning. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I almost – it's it's weird. I, I'm watching the highlight again, and, like, this ball just bounced around so many times, and it's just one of those How do they not clear things. that? Get it out. 
Well, and so Johnny hits it. And really, the reason it actually goes in where it did is because it bounced off the back of Poonchech's calf. Was it? I thought it was one of their calves, but it was one of our I, guys. I think it was Poonchech. It kind of bounced off his calf, and thankfully he was in an onside position. Uh, but he hit it. He hit it well, but he hit it more toward McMath, the keeper. And Poonchech, the, the just slight deflection, sent it into the bottom right corner, and there was no way that uh, McMath could get to it. It was so. cool, man. It was so cool. I was like, and but you start to wonder because whenever we score too early like that, now mm. you've just made the game so hard on yourself. And it is so hot at 9 a.m. Florida time. Luckily, they had a little bit of cloud cover, but the humidity was just, I'm sure it was unbearable. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was going to say is like, obviously, if if the choice is go up early, 1-0 in the first minute or don't, like I'm going to always take the the early lead. But what, what happens sometimes with Sporting KC, at least in years past, is they get this early lead and then it forces the other team to to really, um, you know, change their, their strategy, become a much more attacking style team, uh, opens the game up a little bit, which either can be really good for Sporting KC and sometimes they've taken advantage of that in years past against teams like Vancouver where they score early and next thing you know it's 6-0 and Vancouver gets mad and then they have a red card and then another red card and it gets out of control. But then you've also seen where Sporting goes up early. The other team starts attacking, and Sporting KC gets a little tired and and, and ends up giving a late goal. So yeah. you you don't really know which team it is that you're gonna get. It's um, nice, man. We we scored in like the first minute of the game, and then scored in like the last minute of the game. It was a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, RSL never really threatened too much. Um, now they had a majority of the of the ball in that first half. Like it seemed like. It was two thirds RSL, one third us. Like we ought to, we were kind of on the back foot for a bit, uh, but they didn't threaten. Like you said, they weren't scary. Right. So they won possession by quite a bit overall. They they really? had fifty eight percent possession to our forty two percent possession. So that's um, surprising. If you know Sporting KC, that's surprising. Right. And 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 if you look at the five minute intervals, um, Sporting KC only won four five minute intervals, and two of those came in the first twenty minutes. So you're, 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 you're pretty correct in that RSL, um, they had more possession. Uh, they completed more passes. Um, they completed many more passes in the attacking half and, and a, a few more passes in the final third. And I think some of that is a function of because they were playing from behind, they just were like, oh, shit, we got to like, we're playing for, you know, they, they knew they were moving on, but they were playing for seating at that point. So they're like, we got we got to do something here. Uh, but, but Sporting was able to hold on. Alan Polito almost had a, uh, a goal in the 60th minute that was deflected uh, from inside the that box. That was crazy. I'm like, that's in. That's in yeah. 100%. But keeper got it. Uh, it was the keeper. It might have even been a defender. It was hard to tell. But it, it was deflected off from, from somebody. Like right and, at him. And, yeah. And it was, it was a hard shot. It was a good shot. It just was kind of like, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. That looks um, great if it goes in. Yeah. So one thing that I've, I've noticed throughout this, this tournament is – Johnny's fitness he doesn't feel like he's up to 90 minute fitness and I, I can't necessarily Peter blame says him. he's not right so Gerso didn't start this game and people Which were kind of mind bro you bring Gerso off the bench he's electrifying that's that's one of those th- like it's grease lightning part, <laughs> part part of my my mindset with Gerso I think is still 
and this is this is the, this is wrong, but is is almost still clouded by the fact that when he was originally brought into the club, he was a DP. Now he was a very low level DP. He wasn't he wasn't a, 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 a you know multi million dollar player, and and the reason he was a DP wasn't because of his salary. It was more because of of the transfer fee combined with the salary. So he was like barely above the DP threshold. So I still have in the back of my mind that memory of Jerso as a DP, and it feels kind of odd to have somebody who was a former designated player coming off the bench. Um, not that that hasn't happened with many other players. It has, but I 100% agree with you. I think especially in, in games like this, Jerso and his speed off the bench in like the 60th or 70th minute is a true game changer, and teams can't deal with it. No, dude. And they, they know, like they scout. But for him to come on, I bet they're like, oh, shit, I'm so tired. He's about yeah. to burn my ass. It's, it's one thing if he's in the game from the get-go because he's still faster than just about everybody else on the field. Yeah. But they're also on fresh legs too. So even if he's faster than them, they're more able to rotate. They're more able to cover. They're more able to scheme for how are we going to defend against his speed. When you bring him on, in, in this case, it was like, what, the 83rd minute or something he came on. RSL's already done a lot of their subs, so they can't really scheme as well for him because they don't know if and when he's coming on. I, I think I tweeted in like two minutes before he came on. I was like, Johnny looks really tired. Like, would love to see Gerso come in for a change of pace. Gerso comes in, and then like, what, a minute or two after he comes on, he finds himself in a bunch of space on the right side, does a little uh, cut inside off of his left foot, and then just a gorgeous shot i mean we've also seen jericho have these opportunities and just send them way shanked off to the side and he couldn't hit this any better 86 minute two zero skc i said to my wife i was like it's gonna be about 60 minutes here i said watch jericho's gonna come on and impact this thing somehow some way i didn't know he's gonna score a goal in that fashion or at all but i was just like he's gonna come on and really spark this offense and he's yeah. like yeah i'll take it from here yeah Jerso came on in the 84th minute and he scored his goal in the 86th minute. Literally took crazy. him two, like a minute and a half to make the impact. See, I thought he'd come in a lot earlier than that. But Peter was on record saying uh, when they had their water break, which happens about like the 75th minute or something. Yeah. Um, he says to Johnny, can you give me five more minutes all out? Everything you got for five minutes. And Johnny's like, yeah, I can do that. Yep. But I think, you know, Johnny knows, Peter knows he's just not, there yet which yeah. is surprising because Kyrie's in there being a workhorse bro Kyrie's in there killing the thing going hard for everything looking yeah. like he doesn't know how to get tired yeah yeah you're right so yeah P Peter asked Johnny um give me five more minutes all out he said yes I'll give it to you I'll do it and Peter said I'm trying to push him I'm trying to push different guys to keep increasing their fitness in this kind of weather it's good they're getting stronger with each game that's a good thing in no way do I or us as a staff have it figured out yet. As you saw today with the changes we made, they helped us. And I found out something about our team today. The guys adapted to something in the first half. And as much as they had possession in the last 25 minutes of the first half, the guys did a really good job of adapting and adjusting without us telling them to do something. And then talks about it how they sat back a little bit and everything. So. It kind of makes you wonder why Orlando City isn't the best and most conditioned team every year. Like, they practice down there. They kill it. They could go to any other state to play soccer, and it's probably not going to be as extreme heat as it is there or mm -hmm. extreme humidity, hard to breathe. 
it's like training at altitude. Yeah. I mean, Ex when you're in Denver, your lungs should be amazing no matter where else you go. Right. And well, the only place, honestly, one of the few places in MLS that might actually be comparable is Kansas City in the summertime. Yeah. It, not the, hu as the humidity's humid, different. But it's up there. But, but it, yeah, so it's, it's not going to be Florida because Florida in the summer, Orlando, I mean, they're going to have like 94% humidity all the time. Right. But I we, looked and we had more humidity than Orlando did like last week sometime. I just yeah. looked online. We, we can get there. It's not as often, but we, but we can get way high up it's in humidity. It's not as consistent. Yeah. It's just not as consistent. But, but I mean, more so than New York or even Miami because Miami's right there on the coast. Um, yeah. So, you know, LA, Pacific Orlando's Northwest. just a swamp, bro. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, um, but, but then kind of like you said, talking about Gerso coming off the bench, Peter even said that himself, you know, in the second half, we played a little bit more penetrating and a little bit more direct. And I think that was the difference in the second half, bringing on those fresh guys, they can be vertical. And obviously Gerso's goal put the nail in the coffin. His electricity off the bench is huge. It's a valuable asset to have when a player comes with that type of mentality and quality. Like Grease Lightning? <laughs> he said so, it right there. It's in the damn quote. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, people. Can we call him that? Can we call him Grease Lightning? <laughs> Grease Lightning. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. I don't, I don't know. Let's get him on the pod. Get him um, on here. I just, people question Peter Vermees tactics and subs sometimes, but, but also like, I think Peter, and I don't know this, but I would love to ask him about this. And, and well, he would he would deny this, I think, knowing Peter. But but I think sometimes he's not looking at sub patterns for just a single game. I think sometimes he's looking at how is he going to make substitutions and how is that going to affect scouting and strategy long term, game over game, because he's not he he clearly he never does the sort of typical expected substitution patterns that many teams do. And fans will often look at that and be like my God, why isn't Peter bringing in the subs at the 60th minute? Because they're so tired, blah, blah, blah. Well, one, clearly he's trying to do something about fitness. But two, I think there's probably something to be said for having such a seemingly random and sporadic substitution strategy that the other teams truly never know what's coming when. Right. I tell you what, I don't know if you've been doing the sporting picks on the Sporting KC app, but I, it was like, who? one of the questions was, who makes a sub first? And I was like, Pfft. RSL does. We're, we're not, we're not going first. Yeah. I, I was right. Yeah. I got made, the made points. At halftime. And, yeah. and I think, you know, you brought up the point about Johnny and his fitness and trying to push him, which I think is true, but also I wouldn't be surprised. And again, this is just my own personal speculation. Gerso RSL had one sub left when, when the water break happened and, and he and Peter asked Johnny about that. Then RSL made their last sub. And then a few minutes after that is when Peter brought in his last subs. So it was kind of like, I have the last chest move, I, chess move. I have the last word. I can counter to all the subs that you've put on the field. I now know what your hand is completely. I still have two more cards to play and you don't know what I'm going to do. So I don't know. Mm. Peter playing 40 chess out there. That's what I say. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, at least we didn't have anyone on red card or anything that had to watch the game in the distance oh, at 8 a.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hiding in like a production a creeper. truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so funny. Such a good story. Yeah. So, okay. So SKC win. Um, Vancouver beat Chicago Fire. So they actually overtook Chicago for third place in their group. And because of how things played out uh, with Houston and LA Galaxy, 
uh, in Portland and, and LAFC. Sporting KC are now playing Vancouver uh, Sunday. Did they only win one game, PM. Vancouver? I think so, yeah. How do you get – that's crazy. That you I mean, get NYCFC on only won one game too, and they got through on three points with a negative goal really? differential. Yeah. That's so strange. Yeah. I hope they both go out in explosive losses. They deserve it. It was the top four third-place teams that, that made it through. NYCFC's through on three points with a minus two goal differential. Vancouver are through on three points with a minus two goal differential. Both of them had one win oh. and two losses. What am I complaining about? It's MLS, okay? When it comes to playoffs, you get a berth. You get a berth. Everybody gets a playoff berth. Montreal, That's what it seems like every year. Montreal is through one win, two losses, three points, minus one goal differential. The only team – I feel that, sad. The only, the only third-place team that, that got through – that had anything more than one win and two losses was RSL. They had a, a win, a loss, and a draw, four points, a, a net zero goal differential. I just think it's crazy that we won the group because, I mean, I think we, we were going to beat Minnesota had, yeah. had Tim's red card not happen. You know what I mean? So yeah. we were going to sweep these fools. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, that's something to be, to, to be mentioned is that, you know, there's – it's just, it's tough because that was the first game after months off, which that's not an excuse, but, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And then Peter kind of mentioned in an interview a few days ago, there was a positive coronavirus test, which kind of messed right. with the planned schedule. And I think kind of messed with people's mentality a little bit. Tim didn't think to, that was probably the case as much, but, but Peter seemed to think it was at least in his observations. Yeah. Um, I think other players have said that too. Tim's, Tim's probably just like, nothing phases me. <laughs> well, and, and you know, and, and this doesn't take anything away from Tim, but he's, he's, he's there back in goal. It's a little bit more of a isolated, like lone wolf type position on the field. He's obviously got to communicate with his back line and whatnot. Very lonely. But, but there's not as much of the like unspoken interplay as there is with the outfield players. Yeah, um, no, for sure. So, and I think I, always, just, I, hate, I hated my time when I filled in at keeper. I was like, oh. I have no one to talk to. <laughs> yeah. And you're not typically as close, you know, physically with the other players. So the chance of maybe you being somebody that was infected by someone else breathing on you may not be quite as high. Um, right. But, but yeah, I mean, SKC was able to bounce back from that first performance that was obviously disappointing and well, win the your, next two games. And what's now your take on Peter saying that we're, we're like, he said we are not the favorites when everyone's saying like we're a good favorite to win this thing. Oh, I don't think we're the favorites still. I mean, if you look at, um, not at all, huh? No, I don't think so. We're a favorite, right? Uh, potentially. Um, it's possible. I think, you know, I was looking at, let me try to pull this up here. Um, 538 does their rankings as to, who's most likely to win or whatnot. And right now, 538 lists LAFC as the favorite with a 21% chance um, to win the MLS's back tournament. Philadelphia, who's the team that I picked before the tournament, second place, 9%. Toronto, 8%. NYCFC, weirdly, 8%. And Sporting KC, also 8%. So we're kind of tied for third. Uh, these are very low percentages, though. I- I'd love to get past this round and see how that, see how that percentage straightens out. Yeah, and I think part of this has to do with – yeah, I don't know. It's, it's strange. Part of this might have to do with the people that they have to play, but, but also sometimes I think 
places like 538 don't really like they're not watching MLS very often so like NYCFC they have not been good and they have to play Toronto and then they probably have to go through Portland and then they'd have to go through most likely either Sporting KC or Philadelphia I don't see NYCFC making it through that gauntlet to get to the final um I think they're just kind of going off of reputation of NYCFC they're usually good so let's give them an eight percent chance they have so much talent though dude NYCFC is they their players like I don't know why they can't figure it out yeah so I don't know but yeah 10 p.m against Vancouver now the good thing about Vancouver if I could have picked a, a, a potential opponent out of our possible opponents to play I would have picked Vancouver because yeah Houston's speed still can frighten me with Albert Elise very fast um especially with our center backs they, right. they're known to get worked from time to time Zussi too right uh you know Seattle at one point was a, a potential possibility depending on how Chicago uh, played out. But Vancouver, we talked about this before, they got like no forwards. Freddie Montero. Seattle didn't and, play as well as I thought they would. They didn't, but they, but I, they still scare me. And, and they're one yeah. of those teams, like they do this in the regular season too, where they start off really like mediocre and then something Good clicks. Point. And then they're like, yep, we're back. We're Seattle. They're like, we're not that bad. Just kidding. We're the champions. <laughs> right. So, I mean, Seattle's got to play LAFC. That's going to be a hell of a game. It'll be a fun game. Philadelphia's good, though, man. And if we get through Vancouver, wouldn't isn't Philadelphia the potential next? Philadelphia or New England, yeah. So probably Philadelphia. Be cool if it was New England, though. A little Sessanovic, hello. Be cool. Be different. Yeah. Um, forgot he, he was on the Revs. I don't, even, I don't even know. I'm going to be okay. honest, I haven't watched a single minute of Revs soccer this year. Yeah, I mean, I try to catch those <laughs> match recaps, but you never really notice who's on the field. You just kind of yeah. see the goals and stuff. Yeah, last time I paid much attention to the New England Revolution, um, I was making fun of them hiring Kurt Anolfo, and he blocked me on Twitter. Kurt Anolfo blocked you? Yeah. Well done. So, that's great. <laughs> I, I said something about, you know, they hired, like it makes sense that the team that still has a .NET website hires Kurt Anolfo and is putting together a front office that would be great in 2011. Wait, and they had a saw .NET? That. They still, their, their website is revolutionsoccer.net. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that about? I don't know. But I, I, I just was kind of making a joke about how, like, why are they the hiring Kurt Adolfo? And he did not appreciate it, and he blocked me. Did you tag him? Uh, I think I probably did. Oh, you're fierce. You are a fierce man. <laughs> I don't know if I did or not, but somehow That's he saw shit it. right there. Somehow he saw it, and, uh, and yeah, I... Um, let me see if I can find it right now. I can redo exactly well, you're what not I gonna, said, but you're not going to be friends with him. You know, no, no love lost there. Yeah. I just, uh, it was pretty funny. And yeah, he, uh, he did not take too kindly to it and it, uh, resulted in me getting blocked. So there's <laughs> that, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. But I'm telling you, uh, what you said, how you're excited that Vancouver is the one we're playing Obviously, if it was Houston, we smashed them at home 4-0, but uh, we smashed Vancouver 2-0 at their place. So you'd like to think we have the upper hand here because it's the one game we had on the road this year. Yeah. But I, I, at the same time, I kind of wish it was a different team because it's like Vancouver now has that revenge mindset. They're like, we need to go in and take them out for, for how they disrespected us at, at BC Place. Yeah. You know what could, I mean? Could be. But no Freddie Montero, no Cavallini, no. Like They're they still really... scoring. They still scored goals. 
They're, they have a defender that scored too, right? Uh, I think you might be right. Uh, let me let me look up. Let me look up what the White Caps have. Done. I Ali, mean, they have Ali a, Adnan? Is that Ali Adnan? Ali Adnan? Ali, yeah, he, I mean, he's their left back. He's good. Um, he, he's he's probably their best player right now. But I mean, if yeah, you, I think he scored. If you look at though, I mean, they have a minus two goal differential in the group stage. Yeah. Um, I mean. They they lost to the Quakes four three, that was the so I mean they put up three goals, then they lost to Seattle three uh, zero, and then they beat Chicago two zero. So yeah, I mean they they've they've put up two goals and three goals in in two of their three games. Um, well, if we're not too tired, we need to put some goals on them pretty early because I mean they can they can score. They they seem like they found it out even though they don't have a couple of their big players. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm I'm confident that we're going to win. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and be like, we're moving on. But I also think yeah. that Sporting Casey has a pretty good chance to move on. So I if think I, if they do everything right, we're moving on. Yeah. I, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say Sporting Casey advances to take on probably the Philadelphia Union. It could get so. rough, too. could get rough. Because, I mean, we remember when Vancouver came to Children's Mercy Park and Johnny Russell about punched some dude's face off. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, so if, if they win Sunday, then they would play July 30th, uh, which is Thursday night. So we'd be able yeah. to cover that in our next regular podcast. Um, yeah, the schedule's like laid out now. I mean, you know if you win when yeah. you play next. If, Whereas if, if you lose, we're done. Yeah, Going if you home. win, then we're playing on July 30th. If you win then, you're playing on August 5th in the semis. And if you win in the semis, you're playing August 11th in the final. So. Yeah, about six days apart, except for this first round here yeah so so that's cool man i it, you got to be thinking if you're the the players at first you're sad that you got to be away from your families but now you're here and you're like what's another two weeks three weeks or whatever it is uh let's let's take this thing let's make it worth it you know what i mean yeah and this was part of why peter said they wanted to leave kansas city at, at the latest possible minute mm-hmm. was because they were like we plan on being here for a while and if yeah if they do make it to the semis or the final August 5th or August 11th. I mean, that's, that's a long time. So that's well over a month. Away from home. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be fun. There were some surprise teams that made it through. I don't think anybody really saw Cincinnati or Orlando necessarily. San Jose. What they did. San Jose's looked maybe like the best team in the tournament so far. That's kind of crazy. It's, it's the new yellow jerseys. You're like, who are these guys? Yeah. Um, And then meanwhile, they're. Orlando though. You're like, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're hosting it, I guess. Um, I guess. So, but I mean, it's also weird because these games count for regular season points, assuming we have the rest of the regular season. So, I mean, that's good for Sporting KC because now we're still atop the Western Conference, four wins right. and one loss. But like for a team like Orlando, I mean, that, I mean, they they got six points out of this for the regular season standings. FC Cincinnati got you know, six points out of this for regular season standing so you know there's there's who's something supporter shield now then who's in who's ahead of us columbus yeah Thir- 13 points that's um, crazy yeah what are we at 12 then uh yeah we're at 12 gotcha so um yeah i don't know it'll be interesting columbus plays minnesota united on uh july 28th wow what a good game what so, a good game yeah that should be that fun. does not feel like a round of 16 game. That feels like a semifinal almost. That should be fun. I, I think the game that I'm least looking forward to is probably uh, Orlando-Montreal. 
I just like, mm-hmm. that's the first one of, of the round of 16 um, on Saturday, tomorrow. That one just doesn't excite me as much. Uh, the other one, as good as FC Cincy has kind of looked, I just don't see them beating Portland. <laughs> well, they got the, the momentum, man. It's all about how you're feeling in the moment. And I'm not looking forward to ours. 10 p.m., Jimmy. I know. You're, you're going to be tired. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm so sad. If I can nap like an old person, I'll be, I'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, the, the scary part about this is um, there's no extra time. If this game ends oh, yeah. in, a, in a tie after 90 minutes, it's going straight to penalty kicks. Yeah, they're not messing with the Florida Heat. They're like, nope, no more time. PKs. Yeah. I'm worried about that. Not because Tim's bad at PKs, because let's be honest, he's, he's the great. best in the league at PKs, yeah. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to have a game decided that way. No one does. No. Win so, the damn game. Get it done. I mean, anything can happen in, uh, in PKs. Now, Vancouver's in a strange situation where they, they can't use the pool keeper that Sporting KC had because technically he's an American keeper. He would need like an international transfer certificate to, to go play for Vancouver, which they weren't able to get right now. So they had to take a backup keeper on loan for a game from Montreal because he was already in Canada. Now they're trying to figure out a backup keeper for, for our game. So it's just... Why? What happened? They lose someone? Their, their keeper broke his finger, got stepped on. Oh, oh. So, um, yeah, Max Creepo or Creepo. That hap- Creepo, think. that's the worst. That's C-R-E-P-E-A-U, I think is how it's spelled. Creepo. Yeah. Creepo. I'm hungry um, for grapes. Hey, what was that? Was that this past game? Uh, it, was, it was, I think it was not this most recent game, not the Chicago game, oh, but okay. the one, one before, the Seattle game. So the backup game. played a whole game then. Like yeah, the, the backup was the, was the 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 keeper um, against Chicago, but Maxime Kripal, he was the one who huh. he got stepped on by a Seattle player. Yikes! So that's bullshit. I'm yeah, pissed. Man. So I don't know. Going to be an exciting round of sixteen. So I'm feeling think, it. Uh, I'm feeling it now. I'm, I'm excited when we get to, when we got to the bracket. I'm like, now gloves are off. Let's go. You know. Yeah. These now, points don't matter now because they're not points. Now it's right. all for a trophy, for a Champions League, for money. Okay, a share of like a million dollars. A million dollar prize, I think, for the winner, yeah. For the winner, I thought million dollars like spread up, spread across the final four or some shit. I thought it was to the winner, but I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, it, it could be. Doesn't matter. It's who, money who and all money you matters. Get money. Yeah, you get money we and that's good. Get money for selling Busio. We don't know. People apparently <laughs> want to buy Busio. Yeah, so that was some news, I guess, that, that we could talk about is, you know, Taylor Twelman mentioned on the broadcast that Juventus, AC Milan, uh, and uh, they were there watching for sure. Fiorentina has, has been interested. Um, they Can you imagine? Fiorentina reportedly made a $4 million bid last year that SKC turned down, uh, which some people think is crazy. That's a lot of money for Buzio. I don't know that they'll necessarily get it up to the 10 million that they want, but also I can't necessarily fault them for turning down the 4 million because of the way that the MLS financial rules are. You can't do a lot with that 4 million. You can only put so much toward your actual roster. The rest goes to, has to go to the club operations or a designated player. We're not trying to sign another designated player right now. Well, so. maybe, maybe it was Buzio and his family. Maybe they would have accepted it, but Buzio was like, I kind of like it here. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, 
you know, the other rumored clubs that are interested are, are Dutch clubs, uh, Feyenoord. I don't know how you fully say it. I, I've, I read it all the time and I've never heard it pronounced. And then PSV. Yeah. Um, PSV, obviously most people know. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Peter, Peter was asked about it. Um, and what he did say is, uh, when, and if a moment like that does come, it's going to be right. I've said from the very beginning, when we signed Buzio, that our objective is always going to be that we're going to talk to him and his parents and his family to make the right decision. The last thing we're going to do is make a financial decision. That will not be the case. Buzio is a product of our club and we're going to make sure that if he decides to stay here for the rest of his career, he's going to have everything available to him. If he decides that at some point he wants to move on, we're going to make sure that where he moves on to is the right situation for him. If and when that happens, I think we'll all be part of that discussion and we'll make the best decision that is good for Buzio. So there's nothing new there, but, but I think that's how Peter's always approached transfers for any player is if the player wants to move SKC, he's not going to block them. It's not going to be like an Aaron Long situation where a couple of years ago there were offers from, I think, West Ham and some EPL teams to say, hey, we'd like to, to purchase Aaron Long from the New York Red Bulls. And Aaron Long's sitting there going like, yeah, man, it's a dream of any player to go play in Europe. I want to go there. And the Red Bulls just say, no, it's not happening. So we'll see. Hmm. Um, Buzio has said before in preseason of 2019, he said, definitely at some point I want to be in Europe. So Yeah, and he's got Italian heritage, I think, on his dad's side. So Yeah, he's got an Italian passport. Yes, that's right. So obviously that makes a little bit of sense there. Yeah. Now I don't think, and I'm not trying to sit here and be like, I'm an expert on Italian soccer, but like a club like Juventus seems like maybe not the best move because it would just be so hard to break into the lineup and get actual playing time at a club like uh, Juventus. Um, he'd probably go there and get loaned out. I know there was, you know, EPB, there was some interest there. Um, but I do have a friend who is much more tuned into Italian soccer um, his family's Italian. And he said that AC Milan may not be a bad fit because AC Milan does a pretty good job of playing young kids and getting the minutes. So who knows? Nice. Wow. But we'll see. Um, but before we, we sign off here uh, for this surprise episode, I do, I do want to talk a little bit more about what the hell is going on with Atlanta United because <laughs> they, uh, they just – they just fired their coach. They, they can say mutually parted ways, but that's, that's, not, that's not what happened. Uh, anytime someone is mutually parting ways, it's usually... Uh, it was not mutual. No, I doubt Frank DeBoer went to them after the MLS's back tournament and was like, guys, I don't think this is going to work out. Um, you know, they, we were talking about this a little bit before we actually started recording. There were potentially problems, I thought, with this hire from the get-go. I never necessarily thought it was a good fit. And, and on one hand, it's kind of weird to fire a coach after a tournament like MLS is back just because it doesn't really mean much. But on the other hand, like, I guess credit to Atlanta for if they see it's not a good fit, pulling the trigger now than waiting arbitrarily. Yeah. But I think while there are problems with Frank DeBoer, I think the deeper problems with Atlanta United lie in their roster construction because when Joseph Martinez went down – they had no backup plan. He's responsible for like 60% of their goals. And, and when he went down, their next striker was Adam John. Like, that's not happening. No, it's like they didn't have anything to, to fill that hole, you know? Right. 
And ever since Miguel Almiron left, they've, they've never been able to recapture that magic. Um, PT Martinez has not panned out how they thought he would. Ezekiel Barco, while fine, has not panned out how they thought he would. Uh, they just they don't have the roster to sustain an injury like Joseph Martinez, and and Frank DeBoer's system just didn't fit the roster very well either. So, hey, uh, uh, sorry to backtrack here. A little breaking news: Alan Polito made team of the week. Oh, there you go. Congrats to Alan. It's pretty he's cool, been right? good, man. Even if he's not scoring, his runs, his holdup, his passing, mm-hmm. it, the, just every every little bit of attention he draws from uh, opposing defenses has been instrumental in letting Gerso or Kyrie or whoever score. And Gerso's goal is up for goal of the week. It should be. Very cool. Um, but then, yeah, just one interesting thought, I guess, to finish out this Atlanta thing. Um, this is a tweet from Dwayne Rollins, who he's, he covers Toronto FC uh, soccer. And he pointed out MLS 3.0 expansion teams are given – specific allocation advantages to help them launch successfully, meaning they're given extra allocation money when they launch. Um, Those allocation advantages are gradually reduced until they are on par with other established teams. That happens in the fourth season. And then he says, this is Atlanta's fourth season and they sure aren't as deep as they are before, huh? So basically what he's saying is Atlanta, they had a rich owner, but they also had all this extra allocation money that they could spend and play with and they were really good in their first few years, suddenly now they're, they, they all, all their resources are just the same as everybody else has, and, and they're not so good anymore. So I just think that's an interesting a- anecdote, especially considering all of the Atlanta fans who are like, we're doing things that no team has ever done, and we, we've even reinvented soccer, and like, look how smart we are. And maybe it was just that we hire a new coach every two years. We're killing it. Right. Maybe it was <laughs> only ever just that you were born on third base given extra money and when that got phased out look you're just the same as any other team oh boy oh geez he's at it <laughs> <laughs> gonna get some uh, hashtag salty atlanta fans in our mentions maybe I they totally totally listen to this yeah i'm sure they do Porn um, casey podcast remember that one time you and i went on an atlanta podcast <laughs> we did we were behind we got, enemy lines we got invited to be on an atlanta podcast and we were mostly nice that was cool though. Like how cool was it that they even found us? Yeah. And I think I even said something when we were on there. I was like, well, we know Atlanta fans can be a little insane. <laughs> and, and they didn't laugh at all. No. And I think you were like, ah, oh, Dan, why'd you say that? No, I mean, I think I, I actually, looking back on now, I might be recreating history in my mind, but if I remember correctly, I remember being like, that was good because we're being true to ourselves and we're getting yeah. a little dig, but we're not being like obnoxious dicks about it. We're just like, right. We're, you know, we're speaking the truth. We could have just went on there and been like, baba booey, baba booey, baba booey. <laughs> <laughs> and part of me wishes we did. And they never would have released it. And they just hung up. <laughs> but also they went on video. I remember this now. They went on video and I was like, Jesus, can I get a shirt on real fast? I didn't yeah. know we were doing this. I forgot. They, they were, yeah. They were, they were trying to, you know. They were with the times. All right, look yeah. at us. We're on video now. We're, but, we're, uh, we're on video with we ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that that was fun. I appreciated that. But yeah, maybe we'll. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something that we'll start thinking about doing going forward. We've been having a lot of team play uh, players on as, as as guests. We've been having a lot of club personnel on as guests. Um, we're throwing this out on the fly. Haven't talked about this before, but maybe we'll we'll start looking for other uh, podcasts that cover these teams and, and start doing maybe a little crosstalk with them leading up to some games. I don't think that'll happen before Vancouver. 
but um, you know, just something to think about going forward. Yeah. Let us know if you'd like to hear that, if you're at all interested in that, or if you don't care. You want us to have people on and just uh, just rib them for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Just have Dan do like a stand-up routine to them about how mad their team. It just becomes a roast of every team (laughs) that comes on. So bad, I'd be like, I don't think you guys are as good as you think you are. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but I'm sure there are some podcasts out there that would that would you know, in this in you know, be good sports about sort of having a little friendly banter back and forth. So for sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because all they got to be like is how were you guys in 2019? And I'll be like, thanks for joining us. (laughs) And on that note, and sorry, you're breaking up. Can't hear you. Internet connections bad. driving through a tunnel. Sorry. (laughs) They're like, I can see you. You're not in your car. I have a webcam in my vehicle. This is my car. I live. My car looks like an office. (laughs) Um, Anyway, man, I think uh, that's about all I got for this surprise episode. So, works for me, man. Wrap it up. We'll be back. Uh, oh, we'll be back our regular time on Wednesday, win or lose. Yeah. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Let us know if uh, what you thought of the surprise episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. We're just going to drop this as soon as we're done recording it. We're not going to wait until morning or anything because why not? Uh, but yeah, just uh, make sure you uh, leave us that five star rating and review. Check out uh, Added Time Outfitters and uh, use promo code NOOTHERPOD to get 10% off. And They uh, got stickers now, vinyl stickers. stickers. Don't know what you put them on, but they got them. Maybe like I've seen people put them on computers, I guess. I've seen people put them on suitcases, yeah. laptop cases. There's a wizard sticker in there. Cars. Cool. I don't know. Put them on your forehead. Stop signs. Walk around. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but uh, check that out. Uh, make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. And uh, shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. But yeah, hopefully we're back on uh, Wednesday with another Victory Pod. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. You are supreme. The chicks are cream. For Grease Light Man.